one of the most interesting trends in the last couple of years has been that of the wider gravel handlebar. I think it's fairly new and a lot of people still haven't wrapped their heads around how it changes fit and reach and all that stuff. Uh, I've done a couple of videos kind of trying to show that there is a change and what that change is. But as you guys know, I am not a bike fitter, so I have enrolled the help of a friend of mine, Kevin Schmidt from Pedal PT in Portland. So Kevin, thank you for uh, joining us today and helping us kind of think through this trend of wider gravel handlebars. Yeah, totally, great, happy to help. For those who aren't familiar with your business, can you just give us a you know a, a quick sense of what you do and how long you've been doing it? Uh, first and foremost, I'm a physical therapist. I've been a physical therapist for almost 20 years now. Uh, we own a, I own a business called Pedal PT and it's uh, kind of Portland's very first kind of uh, you know bike-friendly physical therapy office, so we provide service injury care as well as provide bike fit um, kind of on anything that can kind of come through the door and that's that's gravel bikes that's road bikes that's recumbents that's tandems you name it uh, we always say if you can ride it we will fit you to the bike so yes yeah, so we've been doing that uh, we've been in business now eight years and so I myself and there's actually two other physical therapists uh, here with me as well and um, yeah just just love it everybody here at the office uh, rides a bike every day so that's just kind of part of our uh, office culture so I'm actually the only one here at the office that actually owns a car so it's right. kind of nice that we really we really try to practice what we preach and uh, just love helping cyclists and helping people we always think it's um, you know, I was a cyclist that was in pain uh, way back in the day, and that's kind of what got me into bike fitting is that I realized that maybe that bike fitting should be maybe for someone more in the body business versus the bike business, uh, because most of the time when people are, you know, looking for bike fit, they're having issues with their body, they're having pain, they're having discomfort. So, um, yeah, I just decided to combine healthcare with bike fitting and, and working with cyclists. So it's been, been a great, great time. So what kind of insights um, do you guys have that, you know, a traditional bike shop that goes, that sends an employee to a fitting school might not have because of your PT background? It all comes down to is that it's just a better understanding of where the pain is coming from, uh, better understanding and the ability to, um, you know, I always thought the, always, the funny joke that we always used to say was like, you know, you're out and you twist your ankle. Who do you go see? Well, you go see the physical therapist, of course. Uh, okay, you're out, you're throwing a ball and you hurt your shoulder. Who do you go see? Well, the physical therapist, right? Okay, I'm getting back pain. I, I'm getting back pain on the bike. Uh, who do you go see? Uh, I'm going to go to the I'm going to go to the bike shop guy, you know, I'm going to go to the bike shop employee. So I think it's just as us, we have a, just a better understanding where we have the ability to actually evaluate, actually treat pain uh, and to help riders and actually kind of figure out where the pain is actually coming from and then be able to kind of work backwards kind of from that as to, um, you know, the, the true causes of that pain and be able to apply that to bike fit. I think, you know, no offense to any of the bike shop uh, fitters out there. I think they're all great. They all have kind of the same generalized knowledge about fit principles. And we'll talk about those. What we have on top of that is we can actually understand and evaluate the body in just so much more depth because a lot of times it's kind of a body issue as well as a bike issue. It's not just a bike fit issue. Um, equipment doesn't solve everything. And sometimes we have to be able to kind of take that down to the granular level to actually teach people uh, exercises, what actually is good posture on the bike, you know, that sort of thing. So we're able to kind of kind of go in that angle. And we're actually able to uh, get bike fit and helping cyclists uh, get uh, reimbursed through uh, health insurance as well, which is kind of a neat for me too. Uh, well, today uh, we're going to talk about this trend of wider gravel bars. Um, I feel like it's kind of breaking a lot of um, kind of, I guess, traditional, you know, fit knowledge that people may have. Um, so things like, you know, I remember when I first got into cycling, you know, I was told that your drop bar should be no wider than uh, your shoulders. Is that, you know, is that advice like that, is that based in more tradition or is there actual science behind that? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that is, I mean, and you have to understand that most of the bike fit uh, knowledge that we're basing a lot of this off is, is based on road bike. 
uh, and the ability to be, uh, what is the goal of road cycling? A lot of times that's speed, that's aerodynamics, that's less weight. So therefore, a skinnier, more narrow handlebar, a lighter weight handlebar is going to be much more, uh, you know, important to that, that road racer that's looking to shave time and speed. Uh, the width of the handlebar always used to be that you wouldn't want to go much wider than the width of your shoulders. Uh, of course, with this whole new change in the gravel scene and the width of these bars, I mean, some of these bars are like, you know, 67 centimeters. It's like the towel rack bar. Some of these are just kind of crazy. So that kind of adds a whole new element, but these are also bikes that are being manufactured for more upright positioning. So we can kind of start to throw a little bit of those um, kind of those generalized rule of like, you know, you measure center of center of shoulder, add two centimeters, that's your perfect handlebar width. We can kind of start to play with that a little bit. Uh, and like I said, there are going to be extremes uh, that we're going to find with that, but um, there's some, some pros and cons about going, you know, maybe, maybe wider versus ultra wide too. So, you know, for sure. We'll talk a little bit about um, kind of the difference when you fit someone on a road bike as opposed to a mountain bike. And then I feel like gravel lands somewhere in the middle. So, you know, road bike, mountain bike, they have widely different bars, uh, yet, you know, people can get a good fit on them. Like, what, what are the considerations for one versus the other? Uh, a lot of times it just depends on symptoms the rider are having. Uh, a lot of your generalized where your saddle is going to be, how much of a bend at the knee at the bottom. Um, knee over pedal spindle, all those kinds of things are all going to be same. Um, a lot of times we don't want the reach or the shoulders themselves. So if you're on the handlebar, you don't want your shoulders uh, greater than 90 degrees when you're over the bike as well. All that's going to be applying to road bike as well as mountain bike. Mountain bikes just tend to be a little bit more upright anyway. The cockpit tends to be just a little bit closer and shorter. And so a lot of times when we're doing fit, a lot of your general parameters are going to be the same. A lot of times it's just it's the symptoms that that rider is going to experience. So a lot of times with mountain bicyclists, especially with full suspension mountain bikers, we're seeing a lot of wrist pain or hand pain uh, as well. And a lot of times that comes from saddle being too high or sometimes saddle being a little nose down. And the reason that is hard to sometimes assess is that with full suspension, we have what's called sag. So the saddle itself, you, you know, you sit, you look at the saddle on, um, you know, just standing there, it might look like this, but then when they actually sit on that bike and that bike kind of sinks in, that will cause actually the nose to drop a little bit more. So they get, end up getting a lot more pressure through the wrists and hands and can lead to, uh, to tingling numbness. So that's kind of one of the more interesting things that we tend to see with mountain bikers is it's actually more wrist, hands, shoulders, uh, and knee pain, of course, uh, and back pain. Uh, but for the most part, a lot of times, the more, most of the mountain bikers we see is really the hand pain. Um, road bike is, is, like I said, is a lot of times more about speed, especially if you're into race. Uh, so therefore your reach, again, we still don't want your reach greater than 90 degrees at the shoulders. And this will be something that will change as we start kind of getting into gravel with the bars, how reach will change a little bit on you as well. But the parameters for the most part are kind of the same. It's all just depending on what can that rider tolerate as far as flexibility. So for a road cyclist that wants to come in with a very high saddle and that stem slammed all the way down to the ground, we have to look at them. And they're also experiencing back pain is that sometimes we have to kind of say, well, the bike looks great, but we have to be able to fit that uh, to you're actually able to achieve that position, tolerate that position uh, and have the flexibility for it. So that's kind of kind of how we do that. So talk about uh, this wider gravel bar trend. Um, I did a couple of videos trying to just explore if there was a change in reach. And what I discovered is, you know, one, there is. Um, and, you know, I was operating under the assumption of if you have a, a fit that you like, uh, you should try to, you know, try to match that reach with a wider bar. I mean, what, I don't know if you saw the videos, but what do you think of the findings and, 
and how does it play out in, in what you've seen so far? Yeah, totally. And like I said, I have not gotten a chance to watch your video. Okay. So I know you're talking about this a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like I said, the wider the bar goes, uh, it's going to change your reach and it's actually going to make you reach farther. Uh, so what can that do? So as we start getting our hands wider and wider, that of course is causing us to reach further from the center or from the tip of the saddle uh, out. Uh, what can that do? Well, the wider that we go, what we send it, sometimes we'll tend to see is that you will notice um, sometimes you can get, I guess the, the possibilities are, is you would get wrist issues. So if your hands are out wide and now the wrist, a lot of times when we are riding, sometimes we will, uh, we start to get fatigued. And what ends up happening a lot of times with a wide bar, let's say somebody comes in with a road bar and it's too wide for them. Let's say it's a, a smaller female that needs to, you know, probably be on a bar that's 38 or something. They're on like a 44 bar. A lot of times what they're going to do is they're going to roll their hands inside. Uh, you're going to kind of let the hands roll inside. And what that does is it tends to put a little bit more torque uh, on the wrist itself. So you can sometimes kind of get wrist on either kind of the pinky side or the thumb side, uh, as well as sometimes pressure right on kind of that where that ulnar nerve comes through. So you can sometimes kind of get tingling and numbness. And that just comes from that the body's wanting to be a little bit more narrow. Uh, sometimes if they're not quite strong, the wider the bar goes, the more that you have to rely on the chest and the shoulder muscles to hold you up as well. Uh, the further that we reach apart, it's kind of just imagine like doing a push-up. You know, you're pushed up, you're at shoulder width, you can kind of do that, start getting a little wider. The further out you go, the more it relies on your chest and your shoulders to stabilize that. So that is the same thing that can happen on the bike as well. If we're reaching too far and we start getting too far and too far out wide, then ultimately our shoulders are going to be reaching kind of past 90 degrees. And therefore, we have a great chance of the possibility of getting kind of neck pain, kind of those upper shoulder pain a little bit as well, too. But it just uh, fit is just such a unique thing of how you change one thing because sometimes it's a saddle position that can put too much weight to hands. But if the wider the bar, the more you're going to have to transfer more weight to the front, which has benefits as far as like stability, uh, bikes with higher trail, things like that. You need a wider bar. That's actually beneficial. Uh, and I think the reason wide bars became such a popular thing now is mostly because of uh, the bike packing and the ability to put like a Fabio's chest or something gigantic uh, on the front to keep that nice and wide. But, um, but yeah, most of the time it'll be wrist pain, hand symptoms. Also, you can sometimes kind of develop inside of elbow pain. Uh, mm -hmm. That's another one that sometimes think. So if you just imagine, again, we're on the bar, our arms are out wide. Our elbows only bend and straighten like this, but if we put kind of force inside like that, we can put stress kind of to the inside part of our elbows. Well, sometimes we'll see uh, clients with kind of medial elbow pain if the bars are a little too wide, uh, as well as if you're out at an angle like that and the force kind of comes in if you're, you know, navigating terrain. Uh, so elbow would be another one. Uh, and then we can kind of work our way up to uh, the shoulders themselves. If you're reaching way too far for that handlebar, especially really wide, that's going to cause your shoulder blades to kind of protract or kind of reach forward. And that sometimes kind of puts you in a little bit more vulnerable position for both the shoulder and the upper back. Sometimes it'll cause you to bound forward at your upper back. So these are all kind of like possibilities. I'm not saying that's every case or anything like that, but those are kind of the pros and the cons of what we would tend to see um, oftentimes with the wider gravel bar. So is there any way to kind of mitigate those things? Let's say someone's committed to going wide. Um, it sounds as if they can't just have the same stem. Can they mitigate some of those issues by shortening the stem or like what other, uh, or would you, would you tap, move the saddle position forward to kind of, you know, place more weight on, on, the, on the seat? Yeah, probably if it were me, it would be, it would be all about shortening stem. I, would, I probably wouldn't move saddle around at all because then you're going to start affecting kind of the backside of the bike or kind of the knees and the hips and the lower back. We kind of want to maintain that.
kind of position it's good and then uh but yeah the main thing would just be shortening that stem just like you said it's it's almost like triangulation i think we talked about this a little bit too where it's just like you measure that you know we've got two angles that we know or if we know two or three things on a right triangle we can basically kind of figure out the third angle so if the tip of saddle to hood is one measurement uh, and then your distance from the center of the bar to the edge, there's your 90-degree angle. So you've got that angle, and you've got the 90-degree mark. You know how wide the bar is. You can figure out kind of the difference in stem length that way, too. Or like I said, there's like right angle, you know, uh, triangle calculators. That right. You can use. <laughs> <laughs> Maths. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to math. Sometimes that doesn't quite add up perfect. We can't get a, uh, you know, a 0.7 difference in millimeters or something like that that we, we need. But that's the generalized idea. The wider you go, you're just going to need to shorten that stem up. And right. that's, that's kind of the main thing you would want to go with that. The other thing that I'll bring up a little bit too that I, that I think that has not been brought up with the wider gravel bar phenomenon is the positioning of the hoods and the brakes themselves. With these flared bars, we're seeing a lot of people sometimes getting, again, wrist hand pain uh, because a lot of times, depending on how much flare, they're really orienting those brake levers just right along that same way. So they're really pointed in like that. And if you were to ride on that bike for a prolonged period, of, sometimes that extra rotation can sometimes put more torque on your wrist. And that also becomes more evident the more uh, kind of gnarly stuff that you're going through because the steeper, the more you have to turn that bar, the more that already, if that thing is already angled in, your wrist is now kinked even more. And sometimes you're not even able to access the brake. So we tend to say this is all bar specific, but we try to orient the brake levers a little bit more vertical as we, as we can, if we can. So a lot of times they just follow the angle of that, and that's great if you're in here. But right. we try to kind of orient them down a little bit more. And sometimes when we get those a little bit more vertical, you won't be able to actually pull the brakes without hitting the bar itself. So you have to kind of play with that a little bit. But that's another thing that we tend to look at with this whole wider bar, flared bar, just the position of the hood. Uh, so what it sounds like is, in, in some ways, if you take uh, a wide gravel handlebar and put it on, let's say, uh, like a, a traditional geometry road bike, that it might be kind of ill-equipped. And to get the best optimization of the wide handlebar, there might actually have to be like an overall change in the bike's geometry. Just so, you know, you don't need like a stupid short stem, you know, maybe the head angle uh, looks like more like a mountain bike uh, to kind of right. compensate for that wider handlebar. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, and, and plus, if you've got a bike with a very narrow wheelbase, you know, these, these road bikes, you'd never want something like that because they're already super twitchy. So you get super, you know, that's that's kind of would be the trade off there. So, yeah, uh, I assume that you've done lots of fittings for for folks that do gravel endurance events. Is there yeah. Uh, do you approach their fit sessions different from, you know, someone that's just riding a, a regular road bike? It all, it, like I said, it all kind of depends on the, the individual person. Like I said, that we're all each so unique individuals and someone who is an endurance athlete, they're coming in with, with knee pain. The one thing that I can share with you though, is that typically when we're having pain on the bike, we're having, or as we say, if you're suffering from pain, like I said, <laughs> cycling inherently is about suffering. So we say, if you're suffering with pain, that's okay. Yeah. If you're suffering from pain, that's not okay. Um, but it's all based on time. So if we get an ultra endurance athlete that comes in and they're doing gravel, they're doing whatever, and they say to me, um, boy, I start getting a little bit of some medial knee pain at mile 70. The amount of change that we need to make to that person's bike fit is very small. It's millimeters of movement just because that person has taken you know, thousands and thousands of repetition. And then all of a sudden now we're actually getting symptoms. So it's very something very tiny. It's that analogy of like, you know, I'm going to take my fingernail and scratch my skin. And I'm just going to do that 
maybe a hundred times, that might be fine. But if I do that 10,000 times, you'll actually break through the surface of that skin and cause pain. That's kind of how bike fit is because especially when we're clipped in, you know, whether you're in a good spot or a bad spot, you're kind of stuck. And that's just kind of where that repetition will happen. So if somebody comes in and let's say they're getting symptoms within five minutes, you know, we get people come in and they're like, my back is on fire within five minutes. Typically we're going to get them up there. There's going to be some pretty drastic things that we're going to need to change. Uh, but as far as differences in, in fit, it's all, to me, it all comes down to the, what can the person handle? What is their unique body? What are their asymmetries? Mm-hmm. And then we take that, we just kind of reverse engineer that back towards the bike fit uh, as well and what their goals are. So if their goal is speed, things like that, we're, we're going to try to get them uh, a little bit lower on the front to be able to help with aerodynamics or things of that nature too. So there's not, there's not like a hard and fast rule between, you know, mountain bike versus these. I mean, there are, you know, pieces, parts that we have to deal with that are different, uh, adjustability of, you know, dropper posts or something like that. But for right. the most part, everybody's positioning. We want people in a neutral position. And then once they're starting to push into speed, we can start kind of towing the line of what their flexibility can handle and tolerate. So, so we, uh, we had talked, uh, we had chatted a little bit earlier, and you have a, a breadwinner G-Road, right? Yes, sir. And I... <laughs> Actually, I, I might add, yeah. One of the first, yeah. <laughs> yep, and uh, that, that, that bike started out as a, as a yeah, you had to enter into it quickly. Uh, and then it was like, I think it was in October. And it was like 30 days to enter in to get this fancy breadwinner with the Igo Heart Fork. And so, yeah, so I, I, I jumped on that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you have uh, plans to do Dirty Kanza this year. Hopefully, uh, you know, the situ- Cross, yeah. ho- hopefully things will resolve itself and, and you'll, you'll get to ride. Um, yeah. were there any differences in how you set, um, you know, that bike up as opposed to, I, I don't know if you have a road bike, but like, if it, would you, would you make any tweaks between the two? Uh, not really. A lot of times if you're going to be, if you're going to be looking at, uh, a lot of times the measurements that you're going to take or try to pass on from one bike to the next. So each bike's going to feel different, mostly just because of frame design, frame geometry, steepness of the tubes, you know, all this stuff. Um. The thing that's really not going to change as long as you have the same length crank in between bikes is essentially your bottom bracket to top of saddle height. I mean, that that measurement is going to be kind of the same whether that's gravel bike, whether that's road bike, um, et cetera, et cetera. When we start to kind of move toward the front end, that kind of becomes a little bit more, like I said, tolerance, speed. Uh, but not really. No, uh, your saddle height should be roughly about the same. The bike is going to feel different just because a lot of times the, the tube angles are a little slacker sometimes, uh, you know, on the on the gravel bike versus the road bike. Uh, but for the most part, not really. The interesting thing is you can have the, the height be identical and get on this bike and be like, wow, this is so much taller. And so you kind of start settling into it and you're like, oh, it's because that seat tube is, you know, 72 versus you know, something a little slacker. So, yeah. Uh, but the only thing that would be different on the gravel bike, of course, would be the, the wider bar, flared bar. Uh, things that I'm running one by. So the, I guess the, we can talk about the little bit of the differences a lot of times between, let's say, a one by setup versus, uh, let's say, a you know a double chain ring or a triple chain ring. Is this going to affect width of stance? Sometimes we'll get riders that are really keen on a road bike, very comfortable with that, and then all of a sudden they get a one by, and a lot of times that will put them much more narrow, just a narrow you know setup of that uh, that idea. So sometimes we actually have to modify cleats to allow them to be in a little bit more. Uh, as well, just be something that we would kind of look at because oftentimes if you're if you're pinched in a little too tight, that sometimes is uh, can cause like IT band pain or kind of lateral hip pain, things like that too. So that'd be the only thing that you may want to play around with it. But that's not really necessarily the bike itself. That's more you know the one by versus the the, the double or the triple chain ring. The same thing goes with people that have a triple chain ring. A lot of times they're already spaced so wide 
uh, we need to bring the feet in a little bit more just to kind of get them to line up a little bit too. So yeah. So let's say someone goes the the wide bar bar route. Is there like what indicator should they look for that you know they may have gone too wide? Let's say. Yeah. So it'd be pain kind of at all those extremities. So wrist pain, hand pain would be number one. Neck pain would probably be number two, and then possibly upper back. Uh, symptoms would be another one. Yep. Or like I said, our fatigue, you know, you're going to have to build kind of more chest because you're going to use that for a little bit more of that width. But if you've gone too far, you're going to probably start getting unusual pains, wrist, hand, neck, I think would probably be your main, main things that you want to look for. So, so how, how wide are your bars set up on, on your G road? Right now I've got a, I've got the 42 and I think I've got the Thompson gravel bar on that, which I think is, is 11 degree. I'm not quite sure exactly, but I love that bar. Um, I don't, although I'm very curious about the Shaka bar, I kind of want to check that one out. I think that's 53. So, uh, like I said, I, I just haven't gotten a chance to try out a lot of these ultra wide things. I definitely love a little bit of flare. I've gotten so comfortable with that. I almost kind of want to put that flared bar on my road bike a little bit. It's just so comfortable. I'm like, uh, I'm an old dad, you know, I need to talk about it being tight and narrow. Dad. I'm just making yeah. it comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts on this wide gravel bar trend? Um, are you excited about it? Do you think it's going to cause more problems or is it just a good, another great option? Yeah, I like it just because it's new, you know, it's different. I think I love things where it's just kind of uncharted water, you know, especially when it comes to the bike fit world, you know, for us, we're always kind of making clinical decisions based on symptoms and that. So for me, it's great because there's just not a rhyme or reason about this bar is too far. Um, like I said, if you're upright enough and you've got the bars close enough, you can go super wide. Um, and I guess we just have Ron to thank for all that, I guess, but, uh, you know, but I love it. I think, I think it's fun. And like I said, I love gravel. Gravel is my passion. That's just what I, what I want to be doing all the time anyway. So, um, any advancements or changes, I love all that stuff. Man. We, we've done a couple of videos on, on bike fit, uh, on the channel. A lot of people are still fairly new to the concept. Um, who do you think should get a bike fit? Is it just for people that race and for those that maybe don't have the funds to go right away? Like what are just some are there any like broad general guidelines so people can get a rough fit at home? I think, I think to answer your first question is that really, if you're going to ride your bike a decent amount, so if you're going to commute, if you're going to ride based on time, um, you should probably get a bike fit. I mean, it's just, it's a very low hanging fruit that can make such a huge bang for your buck for the new riders, especially uh, bike fit is for everyone. I mean, I started out, I was a bike commuter, uh, just riding three to four miles every day. And my neck started hurting, my back started hurting. And so that's what prompted me as a physical therapist to be like, what the heck's going on with my neck? You know, what's, why am I getting pain? What is happening? And, and it was one time I was at the shop one time talking to, to these guys and they were raising my bars, raising my bars. Cause I got neck pain. I was like, man, well, what do you think's going on with my neck? And they're just like, how the heck should I know? I'm not a physical therapist, you know? So, <laughs> so, so, um, but generalized rules are, we always ask people, we're like, well, should I get a bike fit? I was like, well, are you riding? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, are you riding as far as you want, as much as you want, and not having pain? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, well, then you're fine. For me, it's all based on symptoms. And as people start to ride more, they're going to start riding longer distances. That's sometimes when we'll start teasing out the nuances uh, of bike fit is, is going to start to show up by the more time that you're on that. So it's a little simple cleat adjustment, a little rotation of the cleat here and there can make, make a huge difference, but really bike fit is for everyone. And that's kind of the neat thing about us. Uh, you know, as we see tons of commuters, we also see elite level road cyclists, elite level gravel cyclists, you know, the 24 hour guys that do 529 miles in, in 48 hours, you know, we see everybody. So it's just such a nice uh, way, but everybody, if you love cycling, and you want to get out and ride more and you're not doing 
as much as you'd like or you're nervous about a bike fit, it's going to be a great, uh, not only just in the adjustments that we can make, but just in the education that we can give you about all the simple stuff, cadence and pedaling and shifting and all that too. So um, as far as basic bike fit, yeah, I mean, I was going to say, get on the bike. You, the, I think the key thing that we always tell people is that you don't want to have your knee all the way straight at the bottom of the pedal stroke when you're pedaling. I think that's one of those things that people hear about that and they're like, well, I thought, you know, it just makes sense. Like your knee goes all the way straight. So you should reach, you should actually have about a 30 to a 35 degree knee bend at the bottom of the pedal stroke. That's, that's always kind of key. You always want to be pushing with the ball of your foot, uh, not the center of your foot, not the heel of your foot. The ball of your foot is the best uh, kind of lever arm to be pushing through. And so when we're orienting uh, cleats or something of that nature, we always want to orient the ball of the foot over the center of the pedal. Um, when you're sitting on the bike, also, you want to try to keep your back flat. Uh, flat, So not really rounded forward, but not rounded backwards either. Sometimes people go too far in each direction. I try to think about almost the kind of the lower part of the pelvis as like the lower part of a soda can. The trunk, kind of the lower part of the rib cage as the upper part of the soda can. And just like contents under pressure, you want to make sure that they're parallel to one another. If you're hyperextended in your, in your upper back, that's going to put torque on things. So just think of keeping things almost like a cylinder uh, at your trunk. Uh, commonly, we tend to see people that want to roll their pelvis backwards, um, uh, whether that's saddle discomfort, et cetera, et cetera. That puts your back in a very vulnerable position and makes you a little bit more prone to, to back pain. Um, like we talked about with shoulders, you want their shoulders at roughly about 90 degrees or less. And that's with a little bend in the elbows and keeping the shoulders down. Most people want to kind of shrug those shoulders up uh, towards their ears. Right. Uh, so kind of coach them about keeping the shoulders in the sockets, shoulder blades down and back, lifting up with the chest, chin stays down, mm -hmm. um, all those type of positioning. Uh, but that's kind of where we would look at for all, all the bike fit for kind of any bike, really. The last bit you're describing, it sounds like there is... Um, you know, some, some mechanical things you can change, but there's also maybe some adaptations a rider has to do in terms of like their general posture on the bike to kind of really optimize the fit. Well, I mean, and like I said, who, who's the best expert in understanding adaptability, uh, you know, training stimulus and responses, uh, but your physical therapist. I mean, that's kind of the thing is like, we kind of understand how tissues adapt, how tissues move. That maybe your first time on this ride, probably not going to feel super great because this is a brand new position for you. But within this amount of time, that tissue will adapt. These are your parameters you want to stay within um, and to give them a little guidance on that. So, I mean, that's, like I said, it all comes back to, to cycling in general is composed of, you know, 90% rider, 10% bike and equipment. So we got to focus on, on the rider, man. I mean, that's kind of the rider we got no cycling <laughs> well thanks so much uh kevin for all your great advice uh if you are in portland and want to get a bike fit or want to ask kevin more questions about this uh, you can follow him on instagram at pedal pedal pt is that right pedal, pedal pt and pedal underscore pt both yeah so, okay. yep <laughs> and if you like this content don't forget to like share subscribe and as always keep the supple side down